أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما نافعا السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bedi'ul Zaman Said Nursi podcast series. You can listen to the episodes of the series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Inshallah, today we will begin reading the 10th word. Tenth word is actually the first word, the first treatise that became part of the collection of treatises, the book, the words, or the Sözler by Bediüzzaman Said Nursi. It is about bodily resurrection and the existence of the hereafter. It is a masterpiece it is one of the masterpieces of Bediüzzaman Said Nursi it is the first treatise the first piece that was written in the trans in Bediüzzaman Said Nursi's transition from a uh, Bediüzzaman the marvel of his time the scholar who had a sharp intellect and a very sharp memory who was who became renowned to most people in the Ottoman Empire, in, in all scholarly circles, who was writing such precisely detailed uh, interpretations, exegesis of the Quran and addressing the society problems of the society and so on and so forth. But then he recognizes that, that there is still something missing. He goes through, if you will, a spiritual crisis in the way that Imam Ghazali went uh, Imam Rabbani went, Mevlana uh, Jalaluddin Rumi went through when uh, he met Shams Tabrizi. He goes through a spiritual crisis in which he gets to recognize uh, the reality as reality is. He becomes one of uh, the Arifun, if you will, agnostic, uh, if you will. And this is the treatise that he writes in the transition from what he calls the old side to the new side. It is also very deep, very profound in a scholarly way. <clears throat> in this treatise, Ustad Nursi brings rational proofs for the existence of bodily resurrection. And this is something that the earlier mutakallimun, earlier dialectical theologians, as well as Muslim philosophers like Ibn Sina, said or considered to be taken and accepted as samayyat, as, as heard matter, as something that did not need to or could not be proven in, in, in a rational way, with rational proofs. Some of them tried, but none succeeded in bringing rational proofs for the existence of the hereafter in the way that Ustad Nursi does so here, and he does so by imbibing those proofs and demonstrations of proofs from the Quran. 
So he's not just going out and sitting down and saying, okay, let me see how can I prove the existence of bodily resurrection. No, this is an exegesis as we will see of the Quran. However, it is not simply a rational philosophical text. It is a text that addresses the heart and also the compulsive soul through the intellect as in most works of Ustad Nursi. And this is one of the signs of his transition from old Said to new Said. Ustad Nursi's writings in this new stage of his life, in the new Said period, have this power that gently pierce through the intellect and also the imagination and reach the heart and the compulsive soul and convince them it brings them closer to what we call uh, iman tahqiqi or verified belief it also enables them to attain a level of certitude what we call the knowledge of certitude but at the level of with the with the force of at the degree of the eye of certitude or the truth of certitude what this means is that the heart the spirit and even the compulsive soul becomes so powerfully, so deeply and soundly convinced about the proofs, the truths that are being provided in the Risale Inor, that their faith, the, the level of belief that they attain becomes unshakable. Of course, there is never, never 100% certainty for any any believer until the moment that they return their life return their spirit back to god at the time of death and then the trial is lifted off of them but one who witnesses the truth with this level of certainty will always be more resistant to doubts and the the whisperings of satan so alhamdulillah this is a treatise that shows that quality of the Risale in Nur that we find more and more in Ustad Nursi's writings, teachings in his New Said period, in the New Said period of his life. It is a long treatise in comparison to the ones that we read before. And as we explained in the previous episode, inshallah, we will begin reading this treatise, the 10th word, and we will keep moving on with it but we will alternate every week with something else from other parts of the Risale Inur and uh, come back to the tenth word every other week this is the first one may God allow us enable us benefit from the wisdoms that are contained in this masterpiece the tenth word which is about bodily resurrection and the hereafter Onuncu söz, haşir bahsi. Tenth word, the discussion of haşir. This refers to the assembly of whatever made up the human body in this world and whatever is left, whatever is going to be left off of that, like ajbuz zenev, which we know is a small piece of bone that will remain intact no matter what happens to the human uh, body it might be as small as an atom of an a 
a bone so we don't know exactly what it is and from that seed the body will come back together when god orders all the bodies to assemble after the doomsday so this refers to that assembly and it it can also refer to the assembly of humans before god after they they their bodies are brought together the spirit is sent into the body and life is given to it and then they are all summoned so it can refer to either the creation of bodies for the second time after doomsday or the assembly of humans before god again after doomsday for accounting regardless this is about the resurrection the assembly the hereafter that there is life after death that's the important point ihtar so ustad nursi begins the treaties with a warning or we can also say caution şu risalelerde teşbih ve temsilleri hikayeler suretinde yazdığımın sebebi hem teshil hem hakaik islamiye ne kadar makul mütenasip muhkem mütesanit olduğunu göstermektir the reason for my writing these treatises in the form of metaphors comparisons and stories is to facilitate comprehension and to demonstrate how rational appropriate well-founded and coherent are the truths of islam ustad nursi is developing the style of providing comparison metaphors stories at the beginning of one of his writings at the beginning of a treatise setting a cognitive pattern in the mind of the listener in the mind of the reader and then using that cognitive pattern in order to bring an otherwise difficult and otherwise possibly confusing and or abstract truth easier to understand bringing it closer to the listeners readers understanding and as this is one of the first treatises written in that uh, style he is beginning by explaining the the style itself the method itself and of course this, this is a pedagogical method both pedagogical and a method method for uh, rational proof rational proof does not have to be in the form of syllogisms only these comparisons metaphors are also in rational proofs because they help the intellect to comprehend a matter that it would otherwise have difficulty comprehending and being convinced so ustad nursi is both explaining his method and also telling us that do not think of the metaphors the stories that are to come as just stories they are not written for literary purposes they are written as demonstrations of truth therefore when you listen to them do not listen to them as if you are watching a movie theater and what you are hearing is just entertainment no that, that is not the case this is not entertainment this is serious matter that is addressing the heart and the compulsive soul through the intellect and imagination and have that intention and and be prepared to use your intellect and imagination in order to convince your heart and your compulsive soul and bring all of them together to a closer understanding of the reality as reality is hikayelerin manaları sonlarındaki hakikatlerdir the meaning of these stories is 
the truths that come at their end. Kinayiyat kabilinden yalnız onlara delalet ederler. Like allegories, they point to those truths. So what we mean here is that kinaya is a literary art. In this literary art, it is like metaphor, but it is different from metaphor in the sense that when, we, when you do kinaya, you refer to something that can be true in its literal form. But what you mean is not the literal form. What you mean is something else that this literal form points to. A famous example, for instance, is to say that someone's sword sheath is long. So the person may be tall and therefore his sword may be long and therefore his sword sheath may be long. And when you say that his sword sheath is long, it literally means that this person's sword sheath is long. But what you actually mean is that he is tall. So you are not actually referring to the sword sheath. That is not your concern. Your concern is that this person is tall and you want to explain that he is tall, but you are saying his sword sheath is tall. So this is a literary art. In, in Kinaya, again, you refer to something that may be true in reality or that may be true in, in the literal sense, but you are referring to another truth. So that is also true but you are referring to another truth using this literal meaning, but what you mean is not actually the literal meaning. What you mean is something larger, something bigger, something uh, more important. So the literal meaning is true, but the metaphorical meaning that emerges from this is even more important. In metaphor, the literal meaning is usually not true. In Kinaya, both the literal meaning and the higher reality that you are referring to are true. So Ustad Nursi is, says that these stories are like allegories or like, like kinayas that point to the truths that come at the end. Those are the, those are the higher realities that they are pointing to. Demek hayali hikayeler değil, doğru hakikatlerdir. In that sense, they are not imaginary stories, but they are true realities. One reason why Ustad Nursi makes this caution at the beginning is that he does not like fiction too much. And in, in the history of Islam, in our scholarly tradition, fiction is not referred to with much esteem in general because it is not true. And we love truth. So fiction is imagination. Uh, used to bring together stories that do not necessarily exist in reality and Ustad Nursi is abstaining from that even in bringing together stories for the representation of sublime truths. He begins by providing a verse that was the beginning point for him to think about all that is to come. Therefore, what is to come, the tenth word is an exegesis of this verse. And it is the 50th verse of Surah Al-Rum, the 30th chapter of the Quran. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim Bismillahir rahmanir rahim Fanzur ila athari rahmatillahi kayfa yuhyil arda ba'da mawtiha inna zalika la muhyil mawta wa huwa ala kulli shay'in 
Qadir. In the name of God, the merciful, the mercy giver. Look, turn your eyes and look to the signs of God's mercy. How he restores life to the earth after its death. So imagine winter. All life or most life on the face of the earth died. Trees shed their leaves and they are dry pieces of wood now. All herbs died. They don't exist or they appear not to exist anymore. Many bugs, many insects died. Some animals went into hibernation. So maybe 70-80% of the life that was on, on the face of the earth is not there anymore. But then the spring comes and all of a sudden all that life comes back. So look, look at the signs of God's mercy. How he restores life to the earth after its death. So did you understand something? Is this something easy to comprehend for us? Have we seen it in our lives many times over? Yes. And then God says, Verily, it is he who restores life to the death. What does that mean? We die. Our bodies appear to disappear. And God promises that he is going to return life to those spirits that were in those bodies. And then the disbelievers ask, how is that going to be? They take, for instance, a piece of decayed bone from the ground. It becomes dust, blow onto it and say, how will this become a body again? And God says, where are those plants that you used to see in the in the in the uh, summer or in the fall as they died and as they disappeared where are they now they also became dust they also became earth and see how God brings life back out of that earth out of that that appears to be nothing God is the one who does that and therefore he is capable of doing that and therefore he says he will do it and if he says he will do it he will do it he is He is powerful over all things. There is nothing, nothing that is too difficult for him to do. All that he wills, he has the power to do. So Ustad Nursi takes this verse as the basis of his demonstration of the proofs of the existence of resurrection, bodily resurrection and the hereafter. And this is also, um, I should mention that this is also important in the sense that uh, the existence of bodily resurrection is one of the weak points of human beings. This is one of the weak points that Satan comes to them. And at the time that Ustad Nursi wrote this, the 1920s, the transition from the Ottoman Empire to the Republic of Turkey, the entire Muslim world is in a destitute, desperate situation. The imperial powers have triumphed over uh, all Muslim states that existed on, on the face of the earth and are colonizing them. So Muslims are already disappointed, frustrated, and there are those among them who start to look for alternatives and start to suspect doubt the truth of their religion. And there are some among the uh, among them who have been totally given to 
uh, irreligiosity or uh, philosophies, political trends, ideological positions that consider Islam as an, an obstacle on the way of progress. And therefore they are actively uh, trying to convince people to give up religion. However, the, believe, the believers love God, the believers love the Prophet وسلم, and it is more difficult to convince them to give this up than to give up some of the other aspects of, of uh, the creed of Islam, such as divine determination, Qadr, or the hereafter, the existence of bodily resurrection. They, they they may say okay perhaps there is a there is life after death but it cannot be bodily resurrection it cannot be bodily maybe you are going to go and live in a spiritual realm and you'll be happy after all uh, if there is their punishment that's not going to be you know you won't have your body that's not going to affect you they they enable people to take this lightly and i have seen people i have seen people who would say okay if there is resurrection after life it's not going to be my body it's not going to be me it's only going to be my spirit as if the spirit is something different from yourself of course there is the lack of understanding of what what the spirit is too here but this opens a way for the for satan and the compulsive soul to take hereafter the punishment and also uh, the paradise lightly as if something that is distant and that is not going to affect us. So proving that the resurrection is bodily resurrection is important in order to fight off, fend off these attacks, these, this propaganda that was being directed to the Muslim world at the time, or that was being directed to the Muslims from among those who had being exposed to various ideologies, various irreligious ideologies, and now had turned back to their societies in order to take their religion away, take religion away from them, because again, they thought that this was an obstacle on the way of their progress. Ustad Nursi diagnoses the situation and, and wants to provide a forceful, convincing argument for bodily resurrection so that those who may have difficulty taking, taking the word of God, taking the word of the Quran, the message of the Quran or prophetic traditions as proof for what they literally say and who were inclined to interpret them in ways that are not really compatible with the with the methods of interpretation, but yet it is referred to Napoleon that he has said, tell me anything and I'm going to interpret it, interpret it in a way and I'm going to execute you as a punishment for what you said. This is narrated from Napoleon. I don't know if it is true or not, but the, the, the meaning that, that this expression contains is true. If, you, if we do not use sound methodology in interpreting texts, we can interpret them in any way. So this was something that was happening and therefore Ustad Nursi wants to, in a sense, transcend the, the accomplishment of our scholarship in demonstrating the truths of faith 
in, in what they consider to be rational matters such as the existence of God and the prophethood and then leaving the rest to what they named Samiyat, heard matters because if the existence and oneness of God is proven and then if it is proven that the Prophet وسلم, or all Prophets and Prophet Muhammad وسلم, are his messengers in that case once this is proven what they bring as the message the books the message that the prophets والسلام, bring is true so you do not need to provide rational proofs for them because we already accepted that they are messengers and this is correct there is no problem with this except that it leaves some leeway for satan to deceive the compulsive soul maybe not at a theoretical level on a constant basis at the level of conviction but when it comes to moments when the composite soul is tried then satan may come and play with it in this way that that there is let's say something that the composite soul desires there's a gamble there is lottery the composite soul wants to join the lottery because there's a, there's the promise of this millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars that it can possibly win out of the lottery of course this is haram this is forbidden in religion but at that moment the satan may come to this person and use these false false logic to convince the compulsive soul that perhaps the punishment is not that serious to take it lightly it it can perceive uh, convince deceive the compulsive soul to take punishment the hereafter accounting paradise lightly so for that not to happen we need to provide and Ustad Nursi feels the need to provide sound proofs demonstrations of proofs for the existence of bodily resurrection and the hereafter and everything that we know in the in the in the cosmology of the hereafter that there is bodily resurrection that there is the assembly before God that there is accounting that there is uh, shafa'a uh, intercession that there is the sarat the bridge that we are going to cross and that there is hell and paradise and ruya and so on and so forth birader hashir ve ahireti basit ve avam lisanıyla ve vazih bir tarzda beyanını ister isen öyle ise şu temsili hikayeciye nefsimle beraber bak dinle brother if you would like to hear a discussion of resurrection if you wish for a discussion of the resurrection and the hereafter in simple and common language in a language that all people can understand in a straightforward style then listen to the following comparison or comparative story listen to the following representation along with my soul along with my compulsive soul as we repeated many times Ustad Nursi first felt the need for these proofs in struggling with his own compulsive soul and they were given to them by God as a response to his supplication as a response to his expression of his need before God in a sense it was inspired to his to him because all knowledge belongs to God there is nobody out there who wrote a book that was not inspired to them by God so when I say it was given to him I don't mean that he received revelation do not misunderstand it was given to him in the sense that all knowledge is given to all those who have any knowledge 
La ilmelana illa ma'allamtana. This is what the angels told God. And, and they were expressing a universal truth. We do not know anything except that, except what you have taught us. Okay, Ustad Nursi addresses his composite soul first. This is important and that is also a pedagogical instruction to us to, in a sense, shape up, to become alert and to listen to this as if it is being addressed to our composite souls because it is being addressed to our composite souls through our intellect, through our imagination and also through our heart so in, to, uh, to us in general, to ourselves, but what, needs, what really needs to be convinced in, the, in, in, in those faculties that together make up the self is the composite soul because it is the one that is most stubborn and resistant to uh, truth because accepting the truth will prevent it from being able to uh, do, do as it wills. And the composite soul always commands evil. So if it wants to do evil, but knowing that there is resurrection, there is the hereafter, there is God, there is the there are messengers that God sent, and He sent messengers because He wants us to behave in certain ways and not to behave in other ways. All of this is heavy on the compulsive soul. It wants to be free from these limitations that are that are for its good too, but it does not know. So it is the composite soul that really needs to be convinced about these realities and therefore we should listen to what we are going to be uh, inshallah reading as being addressed to our composite soul. Bir zaman iki adam cennet gibi güzel bir memlekete şu dünyaya işarettir gidiyorlar. Once there were two men and they were going to or they were traveling through a a land as beautiful as the paradise and here in parenthetical marks Ustad Nursi says this is a reference to this world so there was a land that was beautiful beautiful like paradise and this is a reference to this world this world is beautiful it is created in a way to be attractive to to the human soul the compulsive soul or the heart or the imagination or the spirit all of them together it is created in a way to be be attractive to the human soul there is beauty in it it is a manifestation of god's beauty al jamal there is jamal in this in this world so it, it has an ugly face too and when the time comes we talk about that too but otherwise it is a manifestation of beauty and therefore it is beautiful Bakarlar ki herkes evhane dükkan kapılarını açık bırakıp muhafazasına dikkat etmiyorlar. They look, they look around and they see that everybody leaves the doors of their homes, their, their stores, houses open. They leave them open and they don't pay attention to them. They, they, they, they don't guard them. So imagine a village, a city where everybody is leaving the doors open and they are not guarding who is coming in, who is coming out. Mal ve para meydanda sahipsiz kalır. Property and money is left around without anybody claiming it or without anybody guarding it. O adamlardan birisi her istediği şeyi elini uzatıp ya çalıyor ya gasp ediyor. One of those men extends his hand to anything that he desires or everything that he desires. Either he steals it or he takes it by force. So this is clearly property that, that belonged to other people there is a house 
the house obviously belongs to somebody and if there is something in the house that obviously belongs to the owner of the house but this one goes in the door is open he goes in takes what he wants comes out then goes into a store takes what he wants comes out if there is somebody over there who says look my brother this is mine he just pushes this person away takes it hevesne tebayet edip her nevi zulmü sefaheti irtikab ediyor he follows his vain desires or desires in general and as a result of this he does all sorts of oppression and he commits all sorts of sin and injustice and abomination and dissipation and he lives a dissolute life ahali de ona çok ilişmiyorlar and the people of that land do not try to stop him do not bother him much diğer arkadaşı ona dedi ki the other person his friend said to him ne yapıyorsun ceza çekeceksin beni de belaya sokacaksın what are you doing you will be punished and you will drag me into misfortune you will drag me into trouble too bu ballar miri malıdır all this is the property of the, the government the state these are not yours the government owns everything here bu ahali çoluk çocuğuyla asker olmuşlar veya memur olmuşlar these people along with their children and families have become soldiers and government servants şu işlerde sivil olarak istihdam ediliyorlar they are being employed in these affairs as civilians so they have become soldiers they have become government officials but in these affairs that they are taking care of right now they are being employed as civilians they are not uh, being employed with the, with the as representatives of the force of the state they are being employed as civilians onun için sana çok ilişmiyorlar it is because of this that they are not bothering you much they are not interfering with what you are doing fakat intizam şedittir however the the order that is here in this land is is powerful it is strict padişahın her yerde telefonu var memurları bulunur the king the sultan has telephones everywhere so he has means of communication in in everywhere it's, if Ustad Nursi wrote this uh, now he would probably say that the Sultan has surveillance cameras everywhere he said he wrote he has telephones he has gadgets with which he can listen to everything he would probably say he has surveillance cameras everywhere uh, and he he has officials agents everywhere so the king is not just sitting somewhere in a palace oblivious to everything that's going on in, in in this land no the king has means to see everything hear everything follow everything that's happening in this land çabuk git dehalet et dedi the the king has the means to control everything here so go qu- quickly go fast rush hasten and try to settle the matter hasten and go submit yourself to the king stop being a a thief go express declare announce show expose that you are submitting you recognize the law and order and and and the power that is in charge here in this land otherwise you will be punished
Fakat o sersem inat edip dedi. But that empty-headed man said in his obstinacy. So he was obstinate. And he said, Yok, miri mal, malı değil. Belki vakıf malıdır. No, it is not state property. To the contrary, it belongs instead to some endowment and has no clear or obvious owner. Herkes istediği gibi tasarruf edebilir. Everyone can make use of it as he sees fit. Bu güzel şeylerden istifadeyi men edecek hiçbir sebep görmüyorum. I see no reason to deny myself the use of these beautiful, fine, attractive things. Gözümle görmezsem inanmayacağım. I will not believe. What will I, what will I not believe? I will not believe that there is power here that is in charge. There is a state. It owns everything, and there are ways to behave and not to behave here. No, I will not believe that unless I see with my own eyes. Hem filosofane çok safsatiyatı söyledi. And he continued to speak in this way with much philosophical sophist sophistry. İkisi arasında ciddi bir münazara başladı. So he said all this sophistry and he kept talking and this started a discussion, a serious and earnest discussion between the two of them. Evvela o sersem dedi. Padişah kimdir? Tanımam. First that empty-headed man said, Who is the king? I can't see him. I don't know him. Sonra arkadaşı ona cevaben and then his friend replied, bir köy muhtarsız olmaz. Bir iğne ustasız olmaz. Sahipsiz olamaz. Bir harf katipsiz olamaz. Biliyorsun. Nasıl oluyor ki nihayet derecede muntazam şu memleket hakimsiz olur ve bu kadar çok servet ki her saate bir şimendifer gayipten gelir gibi kıymetdar musanna mallarla dolu gelir. Burada dökülüyor gidiyor. Nasıl sahipsiz olur? Haşiye seneye işarettir. Evet, bahar mahzeni erzak bir vagondur, gayipten gelir. Ve her yerden görünen ilannameler ve beyannameler ve her mal üstünde görünen turra ve sikkeler, damgalar ve her köşesinde sallanan bayraklar nasıl maliksiz olabilir? Sen anlaşılıyor ki bir parça frengiyi okumuşsun, bu İslam yazılarını okuyamıyorsun, hem de bilenden sormuyorsun, işte gel en büyük fermanı sana okuyacağım. So at the, especially the beginning of this paragraph is a beautiful expression. I wanted to read the whole thing so that we can move on reading the whole thing in English uh, without without interruption too. It says, so this serious man who recognizes what's going on in this land says in the discussion, Bir köy muhtarsız olmaz. There can be no village without a headman. So every village must have its headman. Every needle must have its manufacturer and craftsman. So if I brought a needle to you and said, this needle, it came into existence without a maker, without a craftsperson, you won't take that seriously, you won't believe that. So this is something that the intellect and our experience tells us that it is not possible. A needle? Something as small as a needle. Can it have come into existence without a craftsperson? Especially if it is artful. Especially if we see that it is made in a with a with a particular design, and there is art. It reflects art and beauty. It is not only functional, but it's also beautiful. Can we believe this? Every letter must be written by someone. Every letter that you see 
on a piece of paper or inscribed on a piece of marble or on a piece of papyrus wherever and if you see a letter somewhere a sign that indicates a meaning you know that this must have had a, a, a scribe if i told you that this letter it came into existence without a scribe you won't believe it especially again especially if if it indicates a meaning how then can it be that so extremely well ordered a kingdom should have no ruler your experience your intellect told you something use that something use that knowledge in order to look and interpret what's going on here apply that knowledge to what you're observing here can a needle not have an owner and this entire universe entire world can that have been have come into existence without an owner can a village not have a headman can a village not have somebody who is uh, who, who emerges from the, the community of the village as the person who is going to be in charge of affairs and everybody will take their affairs too can this not be possible in a village but it is going to be possible in this entire cosmos where there is so much interaction that's going on and there and that interaction is taking place in an orderly way can a letter not exist without an owner but the, the all these beautiful artful and meaningful signs that are filling the cosmos from the firmament to the face of the earth can they be can they exist without a scribe no no our intellect and our experience tell us that this is not possible ve bu kadar çok servet ki her saate bir şimendifer gayipten gelir gibi kıymetler musanna mallarla dolu gelir and how can so much wealth have no owner when every hour a train arrives filled with precious precious and artful gifts as if coming from the realm of the unseen and here there's a side note here is that notice says that this train refers to the cycle of a year or or every that a train is coming every hour refers to the cycle of a year indeed every spring a carload or a train carload of provisions come from the realm of the unseen again remember that uh, that example of observation of the spring as if there was nothing there all of a sudden there came from the unseen all this life and all this material all these living bodies that that sprout that come out of the earth as if they are coming from the unseen so we observe that this is happening in this universe in this cosmos and how can so much wealth have no owner there's so much wealth that's coming being unloaded here every hour every year and then it is being consumed and next year there is more coming how can this be without an owner and all the announcements and proclamations all the seals and stamps found on all those goods all the coins on the flags waving in every corner of the kingdom can they be without an owner so this serious rational smart person is telling to the other other one look look around all these things that you see around they don't have plain surfaces if you look carefully on their surfaces on their faces on their packaging you will see that there are these marks there are these signs seals that say this belongs to so-and-so or if you look around you will see that there are all these flags that are waving 
and all these flags have these marks on them that indicate a meaning and that indicate a belonging. It seems you have studied foreign languages a, a little. Here the, the word that Ustad Nursi uses Frangi and Frangi in the Ottoman context tended to refer to Europe which then is a reference to the uh, positivist philosophical ideological uh, currents that were affecting the Muslim worlds uh, with their sources in, in, in Europe. Positivism, scientism, Darwinism, atheism, and you name it, communism in, in the Marxist sense uh, that says that religion is the opiate of the masses. All of these ideologies, Ustad Nursi, or, or this smart person in the story, addresses the other one saying, you seem to have been exposed to these ideologies, these philosophical positions a bit, and they seem to have confused your mind. And as a result, you seem to be unable to read this Islamic script, this Islamic writing style, because all these signs, all these marks, all these seals, all these inscriptions on these flags are written with the signs of Islam in the in the Arabic script. And then again, that it seems that you have been exposed to the word he is using here is to read. It seems that you have studied Frangi. It seems that you have studied the, if you will, the Latin script of it. And you have forgotten the Arabic script the script of Islam, and you cannot read these seals. You have lost the ability to read these signs, the inscriptions on the flags, inscriptions, signs, seals on the faces and packagings of everything that's around. And because you cannot read them, you think that these are just um, you know, scribbles in, uh, in an unintentional way, and they don't indicate ownership. No, no. You need to come to your senses. You need to learn to read these signs. And once you learn reading these signs, you will see that they indicate ownership. You are misled by, as a result of your ignorance of what's going on here. In addition, you refuse to ask those who are able to read it. Not only that you don't know how to read them, but you are being stubborn and you are obstinate and you are refusing to ask those who know how to read it or you are refusing to listen to those who know how to read it and who are showing you how they should be read. Come now, let me read to you the king's supreme decree. So this serious smart person has seen, has found, knows of a decree that is sent by the king. And it is written everywhere. It is written everywhere and it's perhaps it's also uh, written in a book and the book is placed in a you know, visible place in this land. He says, come, let's go here. Let's take this decree. Let's read it. You will see that you are mistaken. You said you will not believe it unless you see with your eyes. You will see with your eyes that you are mistaken once you are able to read these inscriptions. They are visible. They are not simply rational proofs. No, they are written on the things that you are observing around in this world. And if you know how to read it, you can see it. But if you don't know how to read it, you will not 
ascribe meaning to what you see and therefore you will assume that you don't see it. So what this may mean for instance is that on a clear night look at the sky and see the beauty in the firmament, see the stars and if you know some knowledge of uh, you know cosmology you will know that these are not simple bright lights in on the firmament but they are actually massive tremendous stars and they are moving all around and so much beauty is brought out of so much tremendousness majesty and beauty are together in in in, in that in that vision that you have when you look at the the the sky you will see you will see that this must have a creator and the creator must be beautiful and must be able to manifest his beauty the creator must be powerful they, they are not colliding with each other they are not every night they are coming out in the same way there is an order that is controlling them that's ruling over them the the owner must be powerful the owner must be in charge and so on and so forth if you know how to read it you can read all of these you are seeing it this is this is certainty that is acquired through a vision so he is saying come i'm going to read that supreme decree to you that empty-headed man then retorted haydi padişah var fakat benim cüz'i istifadem ona ne zarar verebilir hazinesinden ne noksan eder hem burada hapis mapis yoktur ceza görünmüyor okay well let's suppose that there is a king what harm can he suffer from the the small minute use i am making of all his wealth will his treasury decrease on account of it in any event even even though you know my minute use is giving some harm to the king in any event I can see nothing here that is resembling a prison or punishment. I don't see punishment. I don't see prison here. Therefore, therefore, I will assume that it does not exist and I will continue my ways. Arkadaşı ona cevaben dedi. His friend replied. Yahu, şu görünen memleket bir manevra meydanıdır. Hem sanayi-i garibe-i sultaniyenin meşheridir. Hem muvakkat temelsiz misafirhaneleridir. Görmüyor musun ki her gün bir kafile gelir, biri gider, kaybolur. Daima dolar boşanır. Bir zaman sonra şu memleket tebdil edilecek. Bu ahali başka ve daimi bir memlekete nakledilecek. Orada herkes hizmetine mukabil ya ceza ya mükafat görecek, dedi. So his friend, the serious smart one, replied, Come on, this land that you see is a maneuvering ground. It is, in addition, an exhibition of his wonderful royal arts, the king's wonderful royal arts. Then again, it may be regarded as a temporary hospice, one devoid of foundations. Do you not see that every day one caravan arrives here as another departs and vanishes? Again, think of the spring or the cycle of life that all living beings have. Some come, some leave. And this is the same thing with humans. It is being constantly emptied and filled. Soon the whole land will be changed. Look, observe. Soon the whole land will be changed. Its inhabitants will depart for another 
and more lasting realm. There, everyone will be either rewarded or punished in accordance with his, with their services. So you are saying that I look around, I don't see a prison, I don't see punishment, therefore it does not exist. You are wrong. Those who come here don't stay here. You are seeing that those who come here are departing for somewhere else. And therefore, you should know that that prison and punishment is wherever they are going. This place is not the place for uh, reward and punishment. This place is the place for service and maneuvering. They are being trained here and wherever they go, they are going to be rewarded or punished in accordance with their obedience, with their, uh, with the, with, with, with their ability to develop their skills here in this world on this maneuvering ground. Yine o hain sersem temerrüt edip inanmam. Hiç mümkün müdür ki bu memleket harap edilsin, başka bir memlekete göç etsin dedi. That treacherous, empty-headed one retorted rebelliously. Now the language escalated here. Ustad Nursi is now referring to this person who is still being stubborn and not believing as treacherous. Why? Because these are convincing arguments and he is still refusing to take them seriously, which then indicates that there is a lack of goodwill here. That treacherous, empty-headed one retorted rebelliously. I don't believe it. Is it at all possible that a whole land should perish and be transferred to another realm? So I don't believe, he says, this land, this world is so big. It is so big, so massive, that I don't think, I don't believe that it is going to perish and everything on it will be transferred to another realm that there is another realm other than this and that they're all going there. I don't see it. I don't believe it. This is this is big enough. Everything, whatever it is out there is here. This is it. There is nothing beyond this, he says. Bunun üzerine Emin arkadaşı dedi. Then his faithful or trustworthy, trust, his, his trustworthy friend replied, Madem bu derece inad ve temerrüt edersin, gel, hatta hesabı olmayan delail içinde 12 suret ile sana göstereceğim ki bir mahkeme-i kübra var, bir dar-ı mükafat ve ihsan ve bir dar-ı mücazat ve zindan var ve bu memleket her gün bir derece boşandığı gibi bir gün gelir ki bütün bütün boşanıp harap edilecek. Since you are so obstinate and rebellious, come. You, you, you do not take uh, take my word. I did provide you serious sound proofs already in, in this brief exchange, but you are obstinate, you are stubborn, you are also rebellious, you are given to your desires, you don't want to give them up. These are prevent your pride, your love for dissipation, your love for the illegal pleasures of this world, your love for pleasing your compulsive soul is preventing you from understanding what I am talking to you about, or maybe not understanding, you understand, but from accepting the truth, and, uh, from accepting reality as reality is, and therefore we need to convince that compulsive soul, that treacherous side of you too, that rebellious and treacherous side of you too, and therefore come, let me demonstrate to you. With 12 out of the innumerable proofs that are available out there, that there is a supreme tribunal where we will all be tried. 
and that just as this world is partially emptied every day, so too a day shall come when it will be totally emptied and destroyed. Come, I'm going to demonstrate to you with 12 proofs that there is a realm of reward and generosity and a realm of punishment and incarceration and that just as this world is partially emptied every day, so too a day shall come when it will be totally emptied and destroyed. Come, listen to me, and inshallah, we will start listening to Ustad Nursi. Here, the person who is being addressed to is rebellious and treacherous, and I just said, we will start listening to Ustad Nursi, and yes, this is true, this is not a mistaken word. Our composite souls are rebellious and treacherous and no matter how much proof we provide to them, they will still be inclined to not believe. Therefore, we need to cut all leeways to escape from the understanding that there is a hereafter, there is reward and punishment, there is a king that's in charge of this world and his reward is to be desired and his punishment is to be feared. We should not leave any leeways to our compulsive souls because the Satan is constantly trying to convince it. Satan knows that the hereafter exists. Satan knows that the hell and paradise and all of that exists. But he is our enemy. He wants to mislead us, misguide us. He wants us to stumble and fall as we cross the bridge. And when we fall, we fall into hell and that's all he wants. So we need to cut all those leeways so that our composite souls are also convinced in this and attains a level of certainty that is firm, that cannot be shaken with the whisperings of Satan and Satan's inroads at the time that we are living that all call us to the world. سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم وآخر الدعوة أن الحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة